الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الحليم العظيم الولي الكريم وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على رسول الملك العليم سيدنا محمد النبي الرحيم الرؤوف وعلى آله وصحبه ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم يزول فيه عنا ببركة شفاعته كل مخوف وبعد إن شاء الله تعالى tonight we will be tackling one of the parables of the Quran which is a little bit complicated because of the way it has been constructed linguistically complicated because of the way it has been constructed and in order to uh, make it pave the way into the understanding of this parable we need to mention first of all a context that happened before the coming of the Prophet The search for truth and the religion of Allah has not ceased from the time of Prophet Adam In between every Prophet and the following Prophet, there was an interval period in which no Prophet has come. So after Nuh till the following Prophet, there was a span, there was a long time. Possibly one of the longest times, the longest times ever, was between Isa and our Messenger That's why Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala said, قَدْ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولُنَا يُبَيِّنُ لَكُمْ عَلَى فَتْرَةٍ Our Messenger has come to you after a long wait. So the people of the book waited for so long after Isa السلام, and they were expecting the Prophet of the end of time. They were told about him in the Torah, they were told about him in the Injil, the, the words of Isa السلام, prophesizing the coming of the Parkletos or the, 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 condolent, the one who condoles and consoles was, was there in the Bible. But the people of the book waited for so long before the arrival of the Prophet of the end of time. Some Historians say between Isa السلام, and our Messenger السلام, in time, in the period of time, there was about 600 years. In these 600 years, there was no prophet, there was no mention of any prophet, and loads of things have happened. But in these 600 years, there was individual attempts of finding the religion of truth. Some people, especially in Arabia, understood by their fitrah, by their primordial nature, that they can't be idol worshippers. Because these idols don't, can't speak, they can't give, they can't take, they can't do anything. So some of them initiated their own individual attempts in search of truth. Some of them ended up being Christians, some of them ended up being Jews, and some of them ended up relinquishing and revoking both idol-worshipping uh, Christianity and Judaism. And two of these attempts introduced the ayah that we talk about today. One of them Two of, of so many attempts. There were other people, good people, who died before the coming of the Prophet ﷺ, but two of these uh, relate to what we talked about today because they are actually, possibly because of them, this ayah that we will talk about uh, has been revealed. One of them is a man called Umayyah ibn Abi Salt al-Thaqafi. Umayyah ibn Abi Salt al-Thaqafi. Umayyah ibn Abi Salt was an old man from the tribe of Thaqif that lived in Al-Ta'if, which is very near to Mecca al-Mukarramah. Umayyah ibn Abi Salt was a sage, a man of wisdom, a man of great wisdom. And he was a great poet as well. This man wanted to follow a religion other than idol worshipping, 
So he looked into Christianity, he looked into the Torah, he looked into the Injil, he looked into Judaism, and he get, got to the conclusion that I'm not following any of these religions, I'm going to follow the religion of Abraham, monotheism. Even though there was no Sharia, there was no do's and don'ts there, but he just wants to, bo to be a monotheist. So he prohibited idol worshiping for himself. He said, I'm not worshiping idols anymore. And he prohibited wine for himself. So he stopped drinking wine. And because of his continuous looking into the old scriptures and intermingling with the people of the book, he heard of the coming of the prophet of the end of times. And he hoped to be the one. He hoped to be the one with his wisdom, with his, uh, with his deep insight. He thought that he can be the prophet of the end of time. But prophethood is not something that you can get by training. You can't train to be a prophet. You can't work hard. As Imam al-Busiri says, Tabarakallahu, ma wahyun bimuktasabin, wala nabiyun ala ghaybin bimuttahamin. Revelation can't be acquired. You can't be a monk and then work for a number of years and then become a prophet. That does, it doesn't work like that. Unlike some Eastern religions in India and beyond, in the East, who see or who believe that prophethood can be achieved through working and reflection, it doesn't work like that. But this man thought that he can be the prophet of the end of time, and because of his deep insight, because of his poetry, and what he used to say, for example, he said, Every religion, with Allah on the day of judgment, besides the religion of monotheism, is just fabrication. It's not accepted. So this man was a man of deep insight. The Prophet ﷺ used to love listening to his own poetry, to the poetry of Umayyah ibn Abi Salt. And he even once said to Ibn Abbas, Kada ibn Abi Salt and Muslim. He was about to become a Muslim. But what happened to Umayyah ibn Abi Salt? He lived until the Prophet ﷺ became a prophet. But during the lifetime of the Prophet ﷺ, just before that, he left to a place called Al-Bahrain, which we call nowadays the eastern side of the Arabian Peninsula. What we know nowadays as Riyadh and Damam, in those days, that used to be called Al-Bahrain, not the small little island in the eastern side of the Arabian Peninsula as we know it today. So he, he moved to that part, and then some years later he came. By the time he came back to Mecca, the Prophet ﷺ has already received revelation. So he spoke to the Prophet ﷺ, and he did not accept Islam. And then he left back to Asham, to Syria and Palestine, the Roman Empire. He lived there for a few years, and he came back after the Battle of Badr, and he had a discussion with the Prophet ﷺ, and he insisted not accepting Islam. And he said, I know that when they told him, look, you were expecting the Prophet of the end of time, what's your problem? He said, I know monotheism is the right religion, but I have doubt about Muhammad. I'm in doubt about him. This man has got deep insight into knowing the truth, but because of his envy for the Prophet ﷺ, he wanted for himself to be the Prophet. Because of that, that led him to refuse the prophethood. And then he continued his march towards at taif and he died there as a disbeliever. Another man called Abi Amr, Abi Amr al-Khazraji, Abi Amr ibn Saifi al-Khazraji. They used to call him in, in old Arabia, they used to call him Abi Amr al-Rahib, the monk. He was a monk. He became a Christian and he claimed that he is actually a Christian monk and he put on the, uh, the, 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 the clothes and the attire of a, of a monk. 
And he said that he also follows the religion of Abraham. And when the Prophet ﷺ came to Al-Madina Al-Munawwara, because he lived in Al-Madina, the Prophet ﷺ, he came to the Prophet ﷺ and he said, Bima jita ya Muhammad? What, what is the religion that you're bringing, O Muhammad? What is the faith that you're bringing? The Prophet ﷺ said to him, I have brought the monotheism of Abraham. This is the way of Abraham. He said, I am on that path. The Prophet ﷺ said to him, Lasta alayha, you are not on that path. You have added to it that which doesn't belong to it. You have played with it. You've tampered with it. So he got very angry with the Prophet ﷺ, and instead of submitting to truth, he left to Mecca and started helping Quraysh against the Prophet ﷺ until he fought the Prophet ﷺ in the Battle of Hunayn after Fath Mecca and he ended up running away to Asham and he died there as a disbeliever. Now we have these two characters. Allah has shown them the truth and then they have denied the truth. Now what do we make out of this brothers and sisters? We make out of this that these people before the Prophet ﷺ came, they didn't have to look for the religion of truth, did they? They didn't because Allah does not request you to search for truth unless he sends a prophet to you. They made it voluntarily upon themselves. They actually voluntarily went out and sought the truth. And they tired themselves and opposed their own people and fought with their own people and went against their own people to find the truth. And they found it at the times when they were relaxed. When they, no one had to run after them, no one had to push them. They exhausted themselves in looking for the truth and at the times when they were supposed to be relaxed, but they were exhausted looking for it. But when the time came and the Prophet came to them with the truth, they exhausted themselves by refusing it. They caused themselves so much trouble by refusing it. Look at these two individuals and what have they done to themselves. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about these people in these ayat and say, recite to them as well. The account of the one to whom we gave our illuminating signs, but he stripped himself from them. So Satan followed after him. Thus did he become of perverse. And had we so willed, we would have most surely elevated him by these illuminating signs. But rather he clung to the earth and followed his whims and desires. Thus his likeness is as the example of a dog. He's like a dog. If you chase it, it pants. And if you leave it alone, it pants. Now, some people mistake it and think that making a similarity between these individuals and the dog means that the dog is bad. Or Allah is making a similarity between these people and the dog. No. In fact, the dog is considered to be a very respected animal. Forget about its uncleanliness in terms of Sharia, but it's a very respected animal. Back in the days in Arabia, they used to praise an individual by saying he is like a dog in his loyalty. Like you are like a dog in your loyalty. In fact, Ibn al-Barazal wrote a book giving priority to the dogs and preferring the dogs over so many of those who, who dress in clothing. And the ulama have even counted Arabs used to give so many names of the dog. 
70, 80 names of the dog in the Arabic dictionary. Like 70 names. And the more names an animal has indicates that he has a, a great status. But the reality is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not making a similarity between them and the dog as a dog. Allah is making a similarity between them and a panting dog. What about a panting dog? The dog, the panting dog, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created the dog in such a, a, in a, in a very strange way. The dog has tight passages of breathing. The creation of the dog, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created in such a way that its passages of breathing are very tight. So the dog keeps panting all the time to relax itself. This is the biology of the dog. The biology of the dog is that the dog, its breathing uh, pipes are very tight. Therefore, in order to rest, it, will, it has to pant and stick its tongue out all the time. So whether, normally when you see someone panting, you think that someone must have exhausted him. He's exhausted, isn't it? When you see someone panting, you say, what, what happened? But for the dog, whether someone is attacking the dog and running, chasing the dog, the dog is panting. Even when the dog is resting and sitting in the shade and sitting relaxed, it's still panting. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says these individuals are like the panting dog. Whether the dog is being chased, it pants. Whether it is relaxed, it pants. These individuals were not, never requested to look for the truth. But they exhausted themselves to look for it at the time of relaxation, just like a, a panting dog. And when the Prophet came to them, chasing them with the truth, giving them the truth, they ran away from it and they continued to pant. Just like a dog who would be running away and continuing to pant. And the ulama of tafsir, the scholars of tafsir, they say that this, this type of likeness or this type of similarity, this parable, is one of the inventions of the Quran. Something that was never imagined before the Quran actually used it. Because it shows that why does the dog pant in both situations? Is it because the external factors, is it because someone is running after it? No. It is because of a, some, a, an, intern, an internal reason. Something inside it, isn't it? Because of a biological reason, some, some problem inside it, isn't it? Something inside it. And therefore these people exhaust themselves before and after and put themselves in trouble, not because they were looking for the truth, but because, or they, looking for the, they continue to look for the truth, no, but because of corruption inside them. They are corrupt from inside. Their hearts are diseased. Because their hearts are diseased, they, Refuse to listen to the truth, even though, and, and the Quran says, these individuals in that situation are like the dog that continues to pant, whether someone is chasing it or not chasing it. Bearing in mind again that the dog, as, as they say, is a very intelligent animal. It is a trainable animal. It, it guards, it, 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 it befriends, it sleeps a lot during the day and sleeps little during the night, right? But it is because of this internal thing that it keeps panting all the time. And it's because of this internal disease that these people refuse the truth. And the lesson that we go away with today, inshallah ta'ala, to our homes, never let the disliking of an individual or of the truth being manifest at the tongue of another individual lead you to refuse that truth. For the truth is above individuals. 
The truth is truth, regardless of whom is it delivered by and whom is it delivered to. It doesn't matter. You should listen to it, you should accept it regardless of whether it's coming at the hands of someone lower than you, someone higher than you, someone younger than you, or someone older than you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us with this method that we should never ever claim that we own the truth. Imam Shafi'i rahimahullah used to say, I would embrace the truth, yet even if Allah is to show it at the tongue of my opponent, I would wish always that Allah shows the truth at the tongue of my opponent. Because what should be the objective of a, of a believer is that he gets to the truth and he achieves the truth, whether it is achieved by him or achieved by somebody else.